0: What is the question that you hear most often about your life in Guatemala? Uh,
1: Is this on? It is. Oh, okay. I feel like I could just yell at y'all just as easily. Put
0: it
1: closer to your mouth. Okay, oh, there we go. Okay, so um, the questions, I have a couple of questions that I hear the most often. One of them is, how much do you get paid? Or, you know, how do you live over there? And the answer to that would be you guys as a church, as a congregation, um, because of your support and your prayers, I'm able to live over there. And so thank you so much. And not just financially, but uh, spiritually, emotionally, because it's hard, as you can imagine. And then uh, the other question that I get is, so you're fluent, Right. And my answer is no, I'm not fluent. I think people hear me speak in Spanish and they think that I sound fluent, but it's not that way. <laughs> not in here, it's not. So that would be it.
2: All right, here we go. You can just hang on to that one. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a big deal for our church because we've actually put someone in the mission field uh, and they're a missionary to another country in another place. Uh, oftentimes in church you talk about did you hear about that missionary and you don't often know who they are uh, but now you've gone there for a year and you've come back and so a lot of people here uh, have supported you in some capacity uh, but there are some who are new here who maybe have not heard your story or a little bit of, of, of why you went uh, to Guatemala and some of that so could you share a little bit of your call story kind of what that what that looks like in your life.
1: Yes. So. It was
2: um, the same answer you had in the other service.
1: <laughs> Weird. <laughs> We're practicing. Yeah. We started yesterday practicing. So, um, whenever I was a senior at McMurray, this was about 2013, 2014. 14. I went on a mission trip to El Paso, Texas, um, and I wanted to go to Haiti, and my mom wouldn't let me go to Haiti, so she let me go to El Paso instead. Right, so much that safer. That might have been worse. <laughs> right, but it, yeah, so that was her fault. So she... Uh,
2: <laughs> Nobody here is from El Paso, right?
1: Just in case. <laughs> okay, so uh, I went to El Paso with a group from McMurray, and um, It was a great, like, four days, and I was there. We went to the border, and I just remember that there was this, there was the fence at the border, and these kids come running up, and they're asking for stuff, and I just remember that feeling um, and being really, just really touched by that, like, there are these kids, and they're asking us for things, and in Spanish, and it's kind of, it stayed with me. Um, and then I graduated in 2014 uh, from McMurray with my bachelor's in nursing. And so, yeah, Alakumba. And <laughs> what is the sign? It's like this or something. So, you know, I'm studying for my boards because I am in that waiting period of, uh, you know, I had graduated, and now I have to take my licensing exam so that I can be a real nurse. And I was studying, and I remember thinking, like, oh, it would be really cool to do mission work someday. And I Googled uh, missionary nursing, and I realized that they didn't get paid anything. And I was just thinking, eh, maybe not. Maybe later. <laughs> maybe later. Whenever I, it's, That's what your dad was thinking. Yeah, well, I had student loans, y'all, and <laughs> I had to pay them, and so I thought, well, yeah, probably not, but I just remember feeling like, oh, Central, South America, um, because that moment with those kids at the fence, like, it just had stuck with me, right, and so then I uh, I joined Aldersgate, and I had the opportunity to go to New Life Children's Home with a short-term uh, team. And that was in 2015. And so I signed up to go, and I was super pumped. This is going to be my second mission trip ever, first international trip. And my mom couldn't tell me no, I couldn't go, because I was going to pay for it, because I was working. She couldn't stop me. So uh, we, you know, we start prepping for the trip, and then we get there, and we're only there for a week. And uh, I talked to the nurse a little bit that lives there on campus, and she's been there for 30 years, her and her husband. And so we were talking, and she – it wasn't a really, like – in-depth conversation that I had with her or anything like that. I just felt kind of awkward, and I wanted her to not think I was weird. I wanted her to think I was cool, and I didn't want to seem overly eager to know about missionary life, even though I was kind of, like, wondering, you know, I had all these questions, like, how does she do it? Like, the same questions that y'all would ask me, like, how do you live here? And you're fluent, right? She really is, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I had questions, but I didn't want to seem overly eager. And so then at the end of our conversation, she says... I have just been praying for God to bring me a nurse. And then she. after she said that, it was just like this, ah. I felt, like, (laughs) weird and, like, fuzzy inside and adrenaline and excited. And it was just, like, this really awkward feeling that I could not explain. And... We can't either. (laughs) Yeah. And so... um,
2: It wasn't like terror. No,
1: it wasn't. It was just, like, weird feelings. And so I... I thought, this is weird. And I went to talk to my pastor, Steve, at the time. He was leading the trip. And so I went to Steve Brooks, and I said, this is what happened to me. And he said, I think you're being called to the mission field. And I just thought, oh, so this is what it's like. When people say they feel called, I was one of those people that was like, Mm, yeah, whatever that means to be called. And now I get it. And um, so he told me to pray about it a lot uh, and pray for discernment. So I did. And now I live in Guatemala.
2: (laughs) It didn't just go away, right?
1: No, it was... uh, do you want me to yell?
0: No, I want you to sit over here because I'm in your line of sight. So let's yeah. move. <laughs> so, But this is a good segue because you talked to us about how you got here. And I'm going to give you your mic back in a minute. Um, I think people can see you better there. So you talked about how you got to Guatemala. And now, now tell us, and remember that there are people to your right as well. <laughs> and now tell us what has happened since you relocated. I mean, how has God shown up and in faithfulness to your obedience? What's been the most challenging thing about uprooting your life? What does it mean to move from the United States to a country that you don't know and to make a life there in service to God?
1: That is a super loaded question. So what was the first part? <laughs> but really, what was yeah. the first part? Oh, yeah.
0: your obedience
1: you Okay, so... Yeah. Why didn't we think of that? So um, I feel like there's just confirmation in the financial support that showed up because whenever I first learned that I had to raise my own support, that was just a foreign concept. So all of you guys and my family and people back home like where I grew up just feeling led to give me money and trusting me with what God had put on my heart. That was confirmation because that was amazing. Um, Yeah, like 85% of my support comes from here, from Aldersgate, with the church, and just with individual families. So that's great and amazing. And then um, just there's like little gifts that he's given me along this journey. And one of the biggest gifts that I have is um, there's a couple Their names are Rob and Christy Maynard and they are about the same age as my parents, and they went through the whole thing with me. Um, I was going to go by myself, and that's a little bit intimidating as a single woman going to this dangerous third world country, but they um, were going to go with me. So we went through language school together, and they're like my parents there, and I have a really good relationship with them. Um, I go over to their house, and I have a room at their house. That's my room. They don't think it's my room, but it is. And, but I, you know, I get to stay there with them and they're just a really huge support emotionally and spiritually for me. And I just seeing the little gifts in that and when the kids hug me or when they confide in me with something, um, I always secretly hope that they're not going to confide in me with something so big that I'll have to like tattle on them, you know, but they haven't yet. It's just so confirming, and the feeling that I get whenever they just want to talk to me or hang out with me, it's like really great. And um, just relocating in general from America to Guatemala, is it's still hard, and I'm still adjusting. There's a huge culture difference. Um, the way that we see things here is so different than the way that the, they see things there. And the Spanish has been... That's been an adjustment that I didn't expect to be so hard because I feel like a little bit of my identity is... Is in English, right? And so I try to speak in Spanish to someone. I try to be Tara in Spanish, and it doesn't always work. One, because I'm like maybe using the wrong words, and two, because Guatemalans just don't get sarcasm. It's so weird. <laughs> I say something, they think I'm being serious, and I'm like, no, 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 it's a joke, and they're like, oh, and then they don't laugh. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so that's been hard too. Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But you're doing better at it.
1: I'm so good at it. They don't appreciate it. Art.
2: If any of you can speak Spanish and do sarcasm, she needs some help after Where's church.
1: Where's Hope? Is Hope in here?
2: Yeah. We lost Hope.
1: <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> Hope over there. We'll practice later.
2: <laughs> so, Tara, what is, a, what is it like uh, for those who've never been down to Guatemala? Tell us a little bit about what does a day look like? You know, maybe in the morning, afternoon, night. What, what does that look like in your life right now?
1: Um, every day is super different. So um, it just depends on, like, you know, being the nurse, I coordinate their the kids. There's 52 kids, by the way. So there are 52 um, lives that I have to worry about. And so that's coordinating their doctor's appointments, because some of them need to go see, like, specialists in the city, um, and just being, going with them, being their advocate for that. Um, sometimes there's been a couple of times, like, with the, with the girls that I've gone to a doctor's appointment, it wasn't exactly great news, so just, like, being able to be there for them through that, um, that's what I do, too, so emotional support, um, And then, so we have two doctors that come uh, to our clinic, because we also have a clinic. We don't just have a children's home. And um, they see members of the community, which is amazing. I love that. And so if our kids are sick, then I get to take them. Um, I give, you know, medicine two to three times a day. So every morning at 6.30 a.m., I go give medicine. Uh, before they go to school. They go to school around six 45, 7. Around there, they start heading over. And um, then I go back up to my apartment, and I have to have Jesus time so I can handle the rest of the day. Okay. And, like, I really am rethinking my routine. Maybe I need Jesus before I go deal with him and give the medicine in the morning and coffee. <laughs> Jesus and coffee. Uh, so also the receptionist at the school, they don't have school nurses, so... Um, The school receptionist will text me or call me if there's, like, a kid that their stomach hurts. I say quotes. I mean, sometimes I don't know. Their stomach hurts or their head hurts. uh, And then I can, like, let her know. You can give them ibuprofen. She has, like, a little stock over there um, at her desk. So I will do that. And then I have three kids that are in high school that, um, so we have In all of our 52 kids, 12 kids that study high school, and high school in Guatemala is different. You have to pay for it, and it's kind of like college in the sense that you choose your major. So there are three kids that I'm in charge of. I'm like their parent, which is weird because they're like 16 and 19 and 20. So they don't really look at me like I'm their parent. So I need backup on that sometimes. But... um, they will come to me. They, need, they always need money. Is this what being a real parent's like? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> so I have to like give them, yeah, that's what it is. So um, making sure they have what they need for school, um, picking up their grades, going to parent-teacher meetings. Um, my days are just crazy. Every day is so different. And things just happen like that. And sometimes I don't even do anything that has to do with nursing. I just, something needs to be done, and I just go do it, so...
0: Can you tell us a little bit for those who don't know about the arrangement of the campus and how you have different facilities on different sides? I just think it's important for people to realize that it's not just a children's home, which would be enough, but it, they're also at New Life Children's Home, you're engaging in the world and in a public community in a way that's really important.
1: <coughs> yes, so... We have two uh, two different properties. There's a street that runs right in between them, so it's not like we have to go far. We just cross the street. So on one side of our one of our properties, we have a school. It's the school that you saw in the video. It's three stories and it's green, and I helped paint the top two stories. <laughs> um, and so. 400 kids go to the school from outside in the community, and it's a Christian school, so they get Bible classes as well, so that's a way that our organization is able to do a little bit of outreach, Um, and so, like, some of the kids do have to pay, but there are some kids that are on scholarship, you know, because we want them to be able to go to school. Education is really important, and something that's not as important in Guatemala as we think it should be. So we are like, no, we want these kids to come to school. And then we also have, like I mentioned, we have a clinic. So we have two doctors that'll come in. We also have a pharmacy there and a laboratory. So people can get lab work done. And it's so different in Guatemala. Like, My stomach was hurting. I could just walk in and be like, I just need to poop in a cup. And then they tell me, like, sorry, that might be TMI. I'm a nurse. And then they just, like. Too late. It's out there. It's out there. And, you know, they just, oh, okay, this is what you have. And then I just buy the medicine. I don't even need a doctor. But everybody does that. That's, like, a normal. That's a normal thing in Guatemala, by the way, to just do that. Um, And then we. (laughs) And then, guys, stop. And then we have... (laughs) This is serious. This is super serious. And so then we have a a dentist clinic. So um, two dentists will come. Once comes twice a week. And uh, I'm just super thankful that I get to... I work with the dentists and the doctors very closely. So if I have any issues, I just call them or text them or send them pictures of something. And I'm like, what is this? Or what do you think this is? And then they answer me, um, usually. And uh, so then also, they they don't charge that much for a consult. So, people from outside in the community will come in and they get the health care that they need. And we get to pray with them, and I mean, it's encouraged. And so to work at a place like that is amazing. Oh, yeah, and then there's the other side, which is the children's home, where our kids live, and they have house parents that watch over them, Um, and there's four different places. Like, we have little girls, which are, you know, three to 14, and then the older girls, which is about 15 to the 20-year-old, and then we have little boys and big boys, which is about the same ages, and so there's house parents that work. With them and um, every day, and then uh, also they live there. Some of the house parents live there as well, so our kids are really well taken care of. And I live there too, not with the kids, but I live on the same side of property. So if they need me, they call me.
2: Very enlightening. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> so,
2: so not there really. may be somebody here today that has felt. A tug from the Spirit uh, to be in mission work in some capacity or to be a missionary, kind of like you. Uh, with a year's experience, uh, what would you tell those people? Or what, what are some tips you might give them about being, stepping out in faith and being a missionary?
1: I would say. And don't that. say don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I would just say to pray about it a lot um, because uh Everybody's relationship with the Lord is different, and everybody's, everybody's life is different. We're just, God made us all so differently, Um, and for me, God knew how to get my attention, which was like the chills and all that stuff, and also I cried, and I don't really cry a lot, but when I felt my confirmation, it was like a moment of like ugly crying, and you know, thankfully no one was around, but that's how God got my attention, and I knew that that was it and so I would just encourage you if you feel like you're being called to missions to pray about it and just pray for discernment and I think that um, the Holy Spirit is gentle and it's he's not rushed and I just I think you will feel confirmation in your soul like in your innermost being if it's what you're meant to do but prayer is the most important thing that I could uh, most important piece of advice that I would be able to give anybody
0: Thank you, Tara. You said some of that confirmation came from your work or continues to come from your work with the the children, the kids. And so can you tell us, is there a story that you can share with us about one of the children or a sibling group maybe that just really demonstrates how God is at work through, not just through you, but through the whole system there at New Life Children's Home, just knowing that God has not abandoned these children. Yes.
1: There's so many stories about all the kids. Um... I can say there is, um, I'm trying to think of what story I want to tell. We just got five new kids in the last three months. <clears throat> um, my first, uh, in, what's the word in Spanish is ingreso, my first uh, group of kids that came in that were just brand new since I was there, um, there are four girls and their sisters. And they were 7, 12, 13, and 15. And I just remember, you know, I went up where they were sitting in our office building. And they're crying. And um, three of them didn't have hair. They have alopecia. And um, only one of them does have hair. And just, I started crying. Because my heart was breaking for them because of... I don't know what they'd been through. Um, all I knew was that they were living in a dump in Guatemala, and that's what they did. They'd been in three other children's homes before, and they didn't want to be there. And um, and then whenever we got done kind of orienting them and telling them, okay, like this is where you're going to be, and I'm crying. They're crying. I should, no one else is crying but me. It's kind of, ugh. But just imagining how scary it would be to come from, like, even though they lived in a dump, like, they still lived with their aunt. And just, like, oh, we, being taken away by the court to live in a children's home and not knowing, like, what was going to happen. Um, and so then the house parent coordinator asked if she could pray over them. And so then we, all, we prayed over them. Um, And then just being with them through that process of uh, they had to go to the doctor and they have to be examined. And then learning more and more about their story that they had been sexually abused um, before, like, before, before they got to us, like, before the home, the other homes. So just watching them get used to our home and acclimate and then, like, a week later, and I had a really good bond with these girls, too, because they were my first group, and, and they really took to me really well. And one of them was laying in my lap, and I was playing with her. It was the one with hair, so I'm, like, playing with her hair. And <laughs> she's so, uh, I, she has my heart, and she just, I said, do you like it here? And she said, yeah. And I said, but how do you feel? Like, would you, do you like it here, or do you want to go back to your house? And she was like, no, I want to stay here. And so just knowing that we can be that, we can be that place um, for these girls, it makes me feel good and makes me feel like we're not just um, shooting the bull, like they're there and they they see it as a family. And then her little sister, I asked her, I said, so do you like it here? She said, this is the eight-year-old and she's a nut. She's like no, I don't like it here. Nobody gives me uh, cash. No one gives me money. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> we're glad you're here.
0: <laughs> uh, it's really great to hear the stories and how you, you went to serve as a nurse, right? Those are your technical skills, but you're, the day in and day out of what you do is really loving the kids and making sure they know that they're not alone and that they have hope yes. and a future. And so thank you for dedicating your life to do that and thank you for inviting us to play a small role in what you do we really appreciate it and we love you so you will thank Tara for her time this morning I'm gonna pray for her
2: let's stand and we're gonna pray for Tara Extra prayer. Yes. right if you want to put your hand out we can do that Eternal God, we give you thanks for this one that you've called into ministry. Uh, We pray you continue to guide her steps. We pray for protection around her. Uh, We pray that you use us to support her and care for her. Uh, Go with her and uh, be with her during this time. Uh, May she have a time of relaxation while she's off. uh, And then be with her and keep her safe as she goes back. Father, let her know that we love and care for her. And we appreciate all that she's done. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Tara, and she didn't tell me this, but if you want to help her, you can hand her cash, and she's just like one of my children. She'll take it.
0: (laughs) One more round of applause for the work of God and Tara's life, please.